Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. What's your name and what are you I'm doing here? I'm Heather. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? I said, what are you doing here? Um, I am here to meet Matt. For the first oh, time. you're so late. <laughs> I know I'm late. Um, for the first time, yeah, I've never met him before. So are you ready to get married to him or be engaged within a couple weeks? Yes, that is ultimately like what I'm here for. Were you on another season? Yeah. Yeah, I was on Colton season. Okay. Um, so you missed that one, so you tried this one? Um, no, like truly, like I please leave. didn't feel it with Colton, and that wasn't okay. for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to just come in and like ruin everyone's day. And like yeah. my day's pretty ruined. Why did you not meet Matt prior to him coming and being the yeah. bachelor? So I'm friends with Hannah, and I knew Matt was like knew Hannah, but I didn't think anything of it when Hannah brought him up and said like you would be a great match. But like the more I learned about him, the more I thought like it could be a potential match and that I wanted to meet him. You're just bachelor hopping. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And what an episode seven we have just consumed. The Red Wedding. A lot is going on in Bachelor Nation. It's all we've been doing and talking about for the past 72 (laughs) hours or so. The whole Chris Harrison controversy, the racism scandal, the Kirkconnell scandal, everything that's been unfolding. And tonight we tune in to our beloved game and there's not a fucking peep about it. Was this surprising to you at all? They did not mention it at all. It is not surprising to me in the slightest. Oh. And I had an (laughs) indicator... (laughs) <laughs> well, we had an indication. They didn't post anything about it on The Bachelor Instagram. I was like, they're just going to skirt right on by this. They're just hoping it blows over. Were you surprised? A little. I thought there was like a huh. 10% chance. Maybe just a title card would come up, like white text on a black background that was like, at ABC, we are committed to doing better in terms of blah, blah, blah. Just something like that. Mm-hmm. A little bottom barrel, bare minimum kind of acknowledgement that this is occurring in the actual world, that it is national news being reported about in huge newspapers all across TV. I have people like that are peripherally in my sphere of The Bachelor, just people I know in my actual life that know I'm into The Bachelor sending me this shit off of like local news websites in fucking Oklahoma. I'm like, this shit has permeated everything and the show is still ignoring it. Wow, usually I'm the more hopeful one, and you, you are the cynic. <laughs> I was like, ABC's not gonna do shit. <laughs> there, I mean, we shall see. Bachelor Clues and I differ on whether we think Dark Lord Harrison has uh, consumed his last soul or not. I feel like he has. I feel like he's done. He's gonna be back. Fresh and hungry for the next season of Bachelorette. Mark my words. We'll see. We shall indeed. Prediction 
is the winner. What are the stakes? Which, by the way, speaking of fucking predictions. Uh-huh. What? Tonight, all of our top four predictions gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all of our predictions for who's going to win the ring, out the window. But our one prediction for who's going to win the crown, still in play. Thurston? Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. I wonder if that if that decision gets reneged. A lot. There has been so much. This this weekend was absolutely insane. I feel exhausted. And usually this is like the start of our work week. But we can, we've been working elbows to the grindstone. <laughs> Nose to the grindstone. I think that's elbows, the phrase, yeah. Squeeze <laughs> up our elbows. We got, we've been doing it all here at Gore. Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest breaking news in the Bachelor world, maybe ever, the stuff yes. that's going down with Chris Harrison. So we did feel compelled to cover it as consistently and constantly as we could. Pace Case is on the Instagram stories. I was doing a TikTok. <laughs> oh, my God. Your TikToks are amazing. I oh, really thank you. enjoy them. Please, everyone, go to Game of Roses TikTok. Well, I'm getting the little, the routine down. I'm getting the rhythm down and how long it takes me and when I should be doing it during the day, when it best fits into my writing schedule for the book we're working on and all that shit. When should we expect you to start trending on TikTok? I don't know how to do that yet. I don't know how to trend. (laughs) I'm just using it as practice right now to hone my skills. And then eventually once it gets good, maybe it will start trending. What are your hashtags? I do The Bachelor. I do whoever is in my little news piece, if it's Chris Harrison, Matt James, Rachel Kirkconnell, mm. and then I do Game of Roses. Are you doing a For You page? No. You hashtag that? Yeah, people do it a lot. I don't know if it's a real thing, but I've seen a lot of people doing it. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. This is TikTok 101. <laughs> I'm really youthful, as you can see. Gen Z by proxy. Now, what we have for you tonight, of course, is a breakdown of the game we saw without the title card making any acknowledgement of the scandal that's currently (laughs) unfolding, and we are about to give you what you came for. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. We start this episode with a first for this season, an actual preview of the episode, our traditional start of a Bachelor franchise episode. And yet, this is also the episode that we find out is super condensed because they paid so much attention to all this other bullshit that the producers have been doing this season. We are going to have two fucking rose ceremonies in this episode. We are going to have two one-on-one dates in this episode and a group date in this episode well the after half of a group, of a group date, date. <laughs> exactly they don't even show us we that. have more missing group date footage that's two this season that they have omitted the day portion of and i think in this case it was for time and i think in the prior case it was because it was too negative toward the players <laughs> but after this cold open which is clips that are from the upcoming episode we're going to watch we get a full replay of heather martin's entrance and matt james laughing slash dismissing piper from their conversation piper comes back to the other women literally shaking they tell her who heather martin is friends with hannah brown from colton's season 
And Serena P says, if she gets a rose tonight, I'll be rageful. By the way, Piper has a line here. She goes, I've been waiting all week to have a conversation with this guy and this random ass girl walks in and I'm just this invisible bitch who's like never existed in the first place. (laughs) I loved that. And it was foreshadowing, Piper. And something to keep in mind through this whole episode, especially in this scenario right here, is this is all done by the producers. They sent Heather Martin in at that moment to interrupt Piper purposely. They had her come in to try and blow up this entire night to repeat the performance that they already did against these players by bringing in the five new players some episodes ago. This is all orchestrated. None of this is Heather Martin's fault. Literally none. We don't know how long she was there. She might have been quarantining for fucking two weeks. They might have kept her in a hotel for two months and said, now we're going to bring you in. We have no idea. At the very least, let's say she did show up at this moment. The producers still make the decision to put her on the show. They could have avoided all of this. Instead, they fuel that fire. And jammed that revolving door with paper towels so she couldn't get through gracefully. (laughs) It's possible. I won't put it past them. (laughs) Um, Heather is playing her strongest 4TR game she can with Matt, saying how, oh, Hannah recommended you to me, and then I started learning more about you and your heart. She keeps saying this phrase, and your heart shared stories about you and your heart the more i learned about you and your heart i feel like this is some sort of coded language for like christianity or something i felt that way as well i don't know if we're right but we had the same feeling (laughs) (laughs) well heather had this heather had this feeling and she booked a red eye and by the way, during this conversation, it, there is a peeping Tom. We see Chelsea and someone else who are outside of the building looking in a window at this conversation. And this also was forced by the producers. They got those players to stand up from the couch inside. This is fucking Nemo and It's cold outside. They're all wearing cocktail dresses, many of them sleeveless. The producers are like, get the fuck out there and look through this window. Chelsea Vaughn is like shivering. It's so cold. And the producers are making them watch this. Because the producers have laid this plan. They're going to send in Heather Martin to try and blow this fucking shit up. And if she's in there talking to Matt James, these other women don't know what the fuck's going on. Get them out there. Make them see what we've done. Your impressions of the producers are never gentle. (laughs) They're not gentle in what they do. I mean, this season is evidence of that. They are driving people to nervous breakdowns. This fucking shit. Piper literally breaks down because of this. Head in hands, fucking sobbing, and it leads us to an incredible play. It's a triple STCO, shoulder to cry on, performed by Serena P., Chelsea Vaughn, and Jacinia Cruz. They all come over to console Piper, and they form a triangle around her, a triangle of support and warmth and friendship. Triple STCO, have we ever seen one? Not that I can recall. It's a good move. It's a little bit like that move that we saw on during the announcement of Becca Kufrin as the next Bachelorette when all of her friends came on stage and they all like sat on her lap. It's kind of similar to that girl power, friendship. It's kind of like a dynamic duo boosted. It's a it's a great play because the next day we always see memes like, oh, I just want a friendship like these four, etc. But this was the goal of the producers, to have a nervous breakdown on camera. 
They have achieved their goal, so Heather Martin was worth including in the show for them. Then we get some more time with Heather and Matt. She says she's here to find a husband, and Matt ITMs that Hannah B. would be someone who's qualified to decide who he ends up with. (laughs) They keep invoking the crown power of Hannah B. as though anything she says is prophecy. And, well, she told me to come, so I had to do it. And Matt James is now like, well, if Hannah B. told her to come, I mean, there's something to that. They're really trying to promote this as an idea all of this is producer play the producers have told each of them to invoke hannah b as many times as possible here and they oblige yeah it's kind of like a 4trr shield that she keeps playing and it's working matt seems to think well yeah now now that this has been sent from the word on high hannah b i guess i gotta consider this And as he's considering, the producers force Heather out of that room to go stand before all of the other players who they have perched down. All of the other players are sitting on this couch together, looking up at Heather, who is, in terms of body language, physicality, the space they've put her in, could not be more exempt from inclusion in this group. She is shunned physically psychologically in every possible way (laughs) even the shot they've set up these women are in a like kind of almost horseshoe angled at her just staring up at her like you are not going to sit on this fucking couch don't even think about it and so heather martin is standing there with her arms crossed just like trying to get through this fucking terrible moment and it's not only have the producers use heather martin here to destroy the other players or attempt to they're using it to destroy her as well she is not exempt from the fallout of this and it's fucking brutal. Jacenia, are you ready to get married and get engaged in a couple weeks? Chelsea, were you on another season? Colton's season. Jacenia, so you missed that one? So you tried this one? Someone says, please leave. <laughs> I know. I wrote that down too, and I don't know who said it either, but it was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, that line, I don't even know. It might be 80 yard on. That's totally possible. Um someone's itm being like here's how i was feeling in the moment like just please leave yeah um heather says she didn't feel it with colton she's not here to come in and ruin everyone's day piper (laughs) still rageful my day is pretty ruined (laughs) uh Heather tries to use this Hannah Brown 4TRR shield defense again and says, well, I'm friends with Hannah, and the more I learned about him, the more I thought it could be a match. Piper, you're just bachelor hopping. <laughs> and Jacinia's like, yep, and starts laughing. And then Piper <laughs> demands an apology from Heather, and she gets it. This, I thought, was a nice, subtle play of dominance here. It was using the situation to your advantage and making this new player uh, understand her position in terms of the hierarchy of players who are already there. Oh, I don't think you could make more of being stolen from than Piper does in this episode. Not only with this, but what's about to come up as well. Mm -hmm. Kit says, bitch, what are you doing? (laughs) And that's it. Heather breaks into tears. The producers have achieved their goal once again with the player that they sent in to make other people cry that player now also breaking down on television for our entertainment serena c also says an iconic uh, gameplay line here talk about it in interview i don't want to hear your tears right now 
And we are left with this situation, which we have just seen play out a few episodes ago. The girls all bullied the new girls and then got persecuted for it. And we're just seeing them all bully Heather in the exact same way. But presumably all of them are are getting in on this. It was pretty fascinating to watch. I felt that it was bad play by all of them, by everyone involved. Heather Martin really is the the only one who's slightly exempt here because she has no control over the situation. She was sent in by the producers. They're like, and go. She has to walk in there. She has to have that conversation with Matt. And then, of course, they're going to make her stand before the firing squad. All these other players should have been savvy to this. As you're saying, they literally just went through this. The proper reaction here is, oh, great. Nice to meet you. Come on, sit down. I know it's crazy. (laughs) The producers do weird shit. Well, wish you luck. That's it. Because even what ends up happening, we know what ends up happening to Heather Martin, but now all these players have gone through these waves of anxiety, grief, nervousness, anger, potentially putting together these scenarios in their head about like, well, if she stays, how am I going to react to that? And none of that is going to happen. None of that's going to come to fruition. So you've now wasted all of this energy, thought, emotion, all of that shit on something that's never going to take place. The producers have fucked you again in that situation. But if you keep a cool head, and this applies to group dates as well, if you keep a cool head when the producers throw weird shit in, it's the best strategy. Just do not let it affect you. It's just part of the game. I found myself wanting to know how Katie Thurston would have responded to the situation. Hugged her and said, welcome to the club. I hope you find love with Matt. He definitely should explore this option as well so that I know we have the right connection. Exactly. That's the proper reaction here. This is the process, guys. You got to praise the process at every turn. I mean, this winds up working out okay for them. But uh, I was just surprised that not one player was okay with this. Rachel issues an ultimatum in her ITM and says if Matt James wants her here, it's over saying that Matt James is for TWR if he wants her here. And then portion two begins back at Nima Cohen. Matt James stands outside pondering, and this is the first emergence of the Dark Lord since his (laughs) scandal has broken and destroyed Bachelor Nation over the past 72 hours. There is no mention of that. Again, I'll remind you, the Dark Lord just emerges from the shadows as though nothing is wrong. The show is in no way (laughs) acknowledging the biggest scandal in the history of the fucking show. And for the first few frames that he's on screen, I'm like, this is fucking surreal to see this guy talking to Matt James. It is so weird. Also, his first line is, hey, bud. But they get through this conversation and Matt James is standing there forced to pretend like the producers didn't try to blow up his entire fucking season by sending Heather Martin. And he's like, oh, I got a tough choice. You know, Hannah Brown, <laughs> her opinion means a lot to me. It's like, what the fuck are we watching here? Again, this Hannah Brown invocation. And he's like, I need a second. DLH says, I understand. And pats him on the shoulder and walks back into the shadows. Dematerializes into mist as we know he does. Bonus dark touch. And then back inside... All the other players are still pissed off. We see Heather standing by a fireplace. Kit ITMs an invocation of, I see my wife in this room phrase. And she says, he said that. 
So if he adds a new woman to the mix, it will essentially invalidate everything he said. This is infallible 4TRR logic. If you can invoke the ceremonial language, and there are multiple phrases throughout the game that get repeatedly used. This is one of them. I can see my wife in this room. If you're invoking that and the bachelor crosses it, you're actually trumping the lead in that case. Matt goes back to Heather and he says, we're deep in this process. I don't know how that would work, although I loved your boldness. And she says, I really want you to know how serious I am about this. And he's like, well, I'm love level three with women here. Time just isn't on our side right now. And then the women see him walking her out and they try not to smile. They are really bad at covering up their dismissal smiles this episode. Terrible. <laughs> In that conversation also, Matt James once again invokes the power of Hannah Brown's opinion. And I got this fucking sense of this in this moment. I'm like, is Hannah Brown puppet mastering this whole thing? Is she the one who was like, I'm going to send somebody in to blow up the season. Heather, get in there. And she convinced her to go do it. Wait, how does it benefit her? I don't her know. Invocation? I, I'm just like, they keep talking about her in every one of these scenes as though she's the only reason that he would even consider Heather Martin. And yeah. she's the only reason that Heather Martin booked a fucking flight to Nima Colon without talking to producers, supposedly. Rented her minivan, which now has GoPro cameras in it. Don't know how those got there if the producers aren't involved. But <laughs> Good call, Clues. Eyes like a hawk. Doesn't miss a thing. <laughs> oh, uh, Matt also says something here. He says to Heather, maybe in an alternate reality, we're having this conversation in San Diego. He invokes a bachelor alternate universe. And I begin thinking about it. What is that alternate universe where Heather Martin not only stays, but wins the ring? I love it. I'd never been kissed with a never been loved. Somewhere out in the universe, that is taking place. Just not on our planet. On our planet. On our planet, Heather is getting in the car and they literally like play a very loud sound that is like when your car door is left open, giving her one of the strongest fool edits we've ever seen. They brought her in and made fun of her and made her cry and then sent her home. That's all she did. She came in, put this pizza box on your head, and dance around. Now go in there. Stand in front of those other players and let them insult you. Now get in the car and leave. Yep. Hey, she probably got some followers, though. I'm curious if she did. I'm curious if this paid off for her or not, or if it was just a, a waste of time and money. But she got 12K last week. Are you serious? Yeah, she was in our games. God damn, it was worth it. Yeah. We got to get to Nemecolon. Are they still shooting? Nemecolon. <laughs> the Nemecolonites have been coming for me. <laughs> he comes back to the women. They're all happy as clams. And he ITMs that he understands the sacred language. He says it in ITM. I told them my wife's in this room. I have to stand by that. Incredible for someone who's never played the game before. And then MJ returns to these other players. 
And he tells him that his heart is in this room. He apologizes specifically to Piper. And what he does in context of all of this was my... Play, 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 play of the game. Ooh. That's correct. I'm giving a lead the play of the game. This is extremely rare and a great pleasure for me. (laughs) Never, because leads do very little play. And even when they do, it's kind of like just to keep the game moving. Here, though, these producers set a fucking trap for this man that was insurmountable. He's had to deal with this twice now. (laughs) Players coming in, they all hate each other, and he's got to kind of smooth it over. Uh, And I thought he did a great job, by the way, with the first Mean Girls that he had to kick off. I don't see you being mean, but unfortunately, we can't go ahead. He never insulted them. He never took sides. He was just like, sorry, you got to leave. Here, same thing. The producers are like, Put in Martin. Let's blow this up. He dismisses her immediately after one conversation. So he does give her the opportunity to say her piece. He walks her out. He's very nice about it. He comes back. Sorry for all of that. My emotions are here. And Piper, you and I were in the middle of a conversation. I apologize to you specifically. Let's go finish that conversation. This is perfectly played. It's a 100% nullification of any effects Heather Martin's arrival might have had on this group perfectly fucking done for a lead just completely avoided that trap i loved watching this avoided that trap and got him bonus points all the women love it chelsea says that was so hot serena p says i genuinely haven't been this attracted to him yet i feel like serena p is not attracted to him side note and they're all saying that because he upheld the sanctity of the game He wouldn't allow this interloper to come in and crash the fucking season this late in it. It was just a beautiful thing to watch all around. This is true professional era shit. Strong play from the lead. Strong reactions from the players because they understand what it means in game terms. Beautiful. Beautiful to watch. Loved it. And then we get a very special five ting from the Dark Lord. So they're allowing the ceremony to continue. They're not even going to cut that out. Ting, ting, da, ting, ting. They leave it right there for us. Ladies, time to go straight to the rose ceremony. Do you think they edited his scenes down? This part bumped me a little bit. I was like, that felt a little quick. I actually think they edited something in to make him seem... Nicer. Uh, yeah, we'll get to it. Ooh. I love it. We haven't had a conspiracy theory in a while. We have one almost daily. Uh, Then we go to portion three. And Serena P. ITMs that Michelle and Piper have roses. We see six roses on the table. There are eight women. So we know now that two are about to be eliminated. And by the way, in this rose ceremony speech, he says, I want to commend you all on how you handled the Heather situation. And I'm thinking like, Wait, them calling her a bitch, telling her to go home, like making this woman break down and cry, calling her a bachelor hopper. <laughs> he doesn't know any of that. I know. He just but... thinks they were out there having a good time, just getting to know each other. Then we go to the rose ceremony. Bree gets that all important first flower. 
Her Gosh. RQ is very low this season. We will be calculating those probably next week. We now have enough that we can start to calculate, see who's in the lead. Rachel gets the second row. Serena P pulls in the third spot. Kit gets that number four. Jacinia with the big number five. And Abigail secures that sixth and final rose, meaning Serena C and Chelsea Vaughn are consumed by the Dark Lord as he comes out and delivers the Tamsig. Take a moment, say your goodbyes. Serena C loads love level three in her ITM, by the way, during this rose ceremony. He says, I'm falling in love. She kind of doesn't make eye contact with Matt when she's leaving, but does a big gesture for the woman. Chelsea Vaughn tells Matt, I think you're amazing. And then says, if I had had a different situation where basically she would have gotten a one-on-one, she would have gotten a chance to figure out if it could lead to something. And Serena C cries. And in Matt's end of rose ceremony toast, he says, Thank you again for handling everything thrown at you with grace. And I'm now learning that the word grace is triggering to me now. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? One of our mutual friends, you know, I believe who I'm talking about. When the Brett Kavanaugh shit was happening and he was like, I like beer. What's wrong with beer? We were writing something and I just wrote a character being like, hey, man, let's go grab a beer. And she was like, I will not have the word beer in a script I'm writing. (laughs) Now I know who you're talking about. It was so fucking funny to me. That's hilarious. I totally understand, though. Yeah. Grace has a different meaning now. Then the next portion begins. It is morning and we see the Nema colon sign. And if you're looking very closely, you might see a creature. You might see my... (laughs) Creature of the week. What? I missed one. Oh, yes. I think most people miss this one. It's a tiny butterfly. Flapping its beautiful wings in the breeze of the Nemecolon fall day. And it got my creature of the week. I just thought, look, there's one happy creature in Nemecolon. It's not Heather Martin. That would be funny if you you were seeing the butterfly and then just suddenly her van <laughs> plows through. <laughs> plows through the Nemecolon sign. It's like that big placard out front that says Nemecolon. She just fucking head first into it. <laughs> Pulls an IFI. Dark Lord Harrison tells them, ladies, it's hometowns is next round. What does that mean? You're getting one-on-ones and a group date. Everyone gets a date this week. This was my conspiracy theory. When he comes in, he goes, good morning. And the women go, good morning, sunshine. And he laughs and goes, thanks. I think they included that to soften him a little. You're humanizing him. Yes. Interesting. I like that. I... I think that's real. I'm on board with this. Oh, thank you. I mean, I got to imagine they would change the edit somewhat. In any way they can to soften him, I think. Yeah. I think they're looking at alternative takes at this point. I think they're doing everything they can in their power to present him in as nice a way as possible. Because he is coming back. That's their plan, at least. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition, but their plan is to have him back in this spot by Bachelorette. 
I was thinking that scene when he goes outside to talk to Matt about Heather was pretty unnecessary. This is why we didn't get the group date. It all makes sense. The Dark Lord Harrison <laughs> puff piece. Um, Serena P gets the first 101. And Abigail correctly identifies it feels like a slap in the face. I haven't even had one. Both her and Jasenia haven't gotten one. And Serena P's one-on-one date card reads, Can our love go deeper? She conveys excitement, but acknowledges the players who haven't had these one-on-ones yet as she goes to get ready for her second one-on-one. She's the first player to have two one-on-ones this season. She's already at love level three as she heads into this. She has no real place to go from there. And I am wondering in this moment, what the fuck am I going to see? Is she going to love level four him in the round before playoffs? We've seen early love level fours for sure, but I'm just curious at this point, what is her strategy going into this? And I think she does not have a strategy going into this is my answer. (laughs) This one-on-one date is all over the place. They get to the day portion they go to a building and excuse me they meet each other in a field in Nima colon she's excited she begins jogging toward Matt James well, what could be about to happen it's a hooju it's pretty good The approach is good. The cling is very good. I couldn't tell if there was ankle lock. I will be doing a deep investigation of this, and I will be posting a full video analysis, including the final rating of this huju on my Instagram. Be looking for that this week. The thing that I noticed after watching it only 10 times tonight was she doesn't get a good mount at all. It is a low approach. She has to use her forearms on Matt James's shoulder to hike herself up to get the proper height. It is not a clean mount. She will lose points for this. But again, I will be doing a full investigation of the Suju in probably three to four days. Be on the lookout for that on my Instagram. I will. Those videos are very good. Oh, thank you. And we were all thinking it about the mount. That's. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is she doing? It's such a low grip that she gets. She has to literally pull herself up his body. You want to have a clean mount. Didn't stop Katie Thurston. Oh. There's no excuse. You either do the proper thing or you don't do the proper thing. It doesn't matter how big you are, how strong you are, any of that. I want clean form. I want high placement on that fucking mount, strong cling, smooth dismount, no backbend, no stumbling. And if you can transition into handhold kiss any kind of physical chemistry game at the end of your huju that is preferable and if you could do a fucking mm-hmm. make out during the cling there you go that's what you're looking at a, a perfect huju is basically this approach quick jog straight arms out in a hug position big smile on face i am excited here i come i'm coming very fast proper mount you can do a one-footed mount you can do a two-footed mount Either way works. Katie Thurston had a very good one-footed kind of layup style mount on the night portion of her date. What's the difference? You leave off of one foot or you leave off of two. But I mean, does that change your momentum? Uh, No, I, I don't think it does. 
It's just the ability to either go in one leap or kind of come out of a run. Either way, it doesn't matter. Hmm. If you can get the height off of one leg, do it off one leg. But the two leg gives you a little more explosive power. And you'll see Kelsey Weir perform that on her international one-on-one with Pilot Pete. She does a super fast sprint into a double planted two-foot spring into the mount. Beautiful to watch. But here... I don't know what Serena P did because it's not available in the footage, but certainly she doesn't get the height. You want your mount to be a clean motion with your legs clearing the bachelor's hips so that you can get a full ankle lock behind his back and you want your elbows completely over his shoulders so that you can put both hands around the back of his neck and either do a double wrist lock, hand lock, something of that nature, or put hands behind his head. Give him a little caress. Then the cling If you can get him to spin you around, that's some extra flourish for sure. Mm -hmm. But you want to cling for long enough that you can turn it into a makeout. We're talking five, ten seconds maybe. And then you want to dismount in a clean manner that doesn't cause him to bend down too much, that doesn't cause you to bend back too much. Certainly no stumbling. I want two feet on the fucking ground, planted, not moving. And ideally, you take your hands wherever they are and move that into a handhold or a caress on the face that leads into a final kiss. Then you begin walking toward dinner or whatever the date may be. What is your feeling on in the middle of the hoodoo full penetration? Whoa! <laughs> what? <laughs> well, we've never seen that before to my knowledge. Um, <laughs> it would be a first. I don't know. Just checking. Holy shit. Uh... <laughs> It's been a long week. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a podcast? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Well, obviously, I did not mean to skip over Serena P's Huju. That was... um, I brame... I I brame... I brame Chris Harrison. I think that Huju's a mid to high seven point something. Well, she does the Huju. Matt James sets up that maybe they're in the friend zone and then he and Serena P walk into this building and a young lady is in a crazy yoga pose waiting for them to come in she says namaste and this tantric sex yoga instructor named Leah was my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I have honestly a bias towards spirit guide Jorge Moreno bystanders of the week. You know, uh, Gita last season. They're just, they really are basically like a producer but making the most uncomfortable dates possible. And I just really, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> also, how long was this woman holding that pose for them to come in? I don't know. She was definitely a great Jorge Miranda bystander of the week. She was not my Jorge Miranda bystander of the week, though. My Jorge Miranda bystander of the week has a little more octane, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I know who it is. <laughs> Matt James says, we're going to be practicing tantric yoga. Leah says, we're tapping into your chakras. First off, you need to throw a little bit of a tantrum. 
So they jump around and scream. And then they do this series of couples yoga poses. Serena P is very good at this. I wonder if she is a yogi. She has to plank over him. And then we get these ITMs of her. This is not something I would have chosen for our date today. I was very in my head the entire time wanting it to be over. (laughs) And just to remember here, the producers have chosen this for her. In an interview she did, or an ITM, or some form she filled out somewhere in the process of getting on this show and being on the show, she has told these producers she likes to take things slow in the chemistry game. I'm certain of it. And so they select her for this date specifically to achieve this outcome, to make her uncomfortable, to try to produce a nervous breakdown out of her. I feel like she's the one who said one or more of her parents was not cool with her going on the show. Mm. I'm not sure. I think it was her. That could have something to do with it as well. Um, I mean, she says in one of her ITMs, Matt is more into public affection. Mm-hmm. And then they have champagne afterwards. And Sarita P says, that was a first and last. <laughs> and <laughs> there was a moment in it where she's sitting in his lap and he leans in to get a kiss from her and she recoils. He gets a denied kiss from her. In this date, which is usually kiss of fucking death, but not so with Serena P. She asks if he likes it. His eyes pop out of his fucking head and he says, I enjoyed it a lot. And Serena P goes, I'm not an overly affectionate person, especially in, in public. And this was beyond my comfort zone, which is, uh, you know, this is another one of those borderline dates where it's like this woman is being forced to go past her boundaries what are we doing here this is the show we watch i mean they do these kinds of dates all the fucking time and you're either up for it or you're not but even if you're not you feel very obligated to do it matt james tells serena p that he liked it because he's never stared at someone for that long i guess usually when he's staring at people he has to avert his gaze or seem insane He stares at them while they're kissing, but their eyes are closed. (laughs) That's why he tried to kiss her. Do open eye kissing both parties, (laughs) and he appreciates. He's like, "You don't need to tell me everything is good. I want you to tell me the truth, essentially." And matt says i felt like we were really connecting during it are we on different wavelengths and it seems like maybe this might be heading into an execution i really thought that she was playing a chemistry walls game here that she would bring those walls down at dinner and say look i am really attracted to you definitely there's physical attraction i just couldn't do it in that setting with that other person there and it's like it's on tv and all that you know i thought she was going to play one of those type of wall games here Mm. but he cheers them to pushing forward And before we begin the night portion of this date, please enjoy this word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro. FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel because right now you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. 
You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And then we begin portion number five. Night falls at Nemecolon. We re-up that Jacinia and Abigail have not yet had their one-on-one. The group date card arrives. It reads, love will always find a way. And the names on that card are Piper, Michelle, Rachel, Bree, Kit. And we're down to Abigail or Jacinia, the two players who have not received a one-on-one yet. One of them is going to get it. Abigail's going to the group date. Jacinia gets the one-on-one. And as we know, late season one-on-ones are not usually great. If you haven't had one by the time you're literally getting the last one of the season, almost a guaranteed execution. Then we hit back to the one-on-one with Serena P. They walk into a building called the Woodland Spa where they have dinner waiting. And he tells her that he loved how honest she was with him about how she hated the thing that he loved, sexual tantric (laughs) yoga. She says for her, it's about the time with him. That's what she appreciates. It's not as much about what they're doing as it is about being together. He loves this. This is a 4TRR defense of her prior error, and it seems to be going pretty well. She, They talk about what hometowns would look like, and she loads familial walls and said, my sister might grill you a little bit. And she gets that rose. And a kiss, and then they go on an ice skating rink and make out there as well. With seemingly fake snow is blasted at them. Did you see this? Yes. She also re-upped her love level three there in that conversation. And Mm. I got to say, I was astounded to see her get this rose. I didn't think any of her play was good on this date. I, in fact, thought she made bad play, and she is still rewarded for it. I have a theory, but I will get to it at the end of this episode. I mean, she raised walls and left them up and then said, my mom might hate you. He's like, great. Here's your rose. (laughs) Astounding play. Whatever she's doing is working. Obviously, she's made it to the first round of playoffs, but I couldn't believe it. And then portion six begins the next morning. Matt James works out on his Peloton bike as the women get ready for a date during the day, putting on their makeup and all their finery. And then we don't get to see where they went that day. That entire portion of this group date is lifted from the document so that they could service Heather Martin doing nothing. Night falls immediately. They do a time lapse of day sky turning to night sky. And we're at the after party. Hear me out. The group date heavily featured Lord Harrison. Oh. Yes, I think this Maybe is Maybe he accurate. was hosting something... Maybe it was a beauty competition or a uh, mm-hmm. a Southern-themed date. <laughs> Can you imagine if they had to do the erotica group date now and read his erotica book out oh loud? God. We were a couple of weeks from that happening. Bachelor Universe. I think it may have been um, some kind of Dark Lord-heavy group date. That's totally possible. But we will never see it. Unfortunately, instead, what we got was the after party. (laughs) And this season, to me at this point, 
has become a train wreck because the producers had to service all of their shitty schemes of the new players coming in that they have essentially torn apart the structure of the game. And now they're forcing this kind of condensed, super rushed. There was only an hour and a half of this show because the first 30 minutes were dedicated to Heather Martin in an hour and a half. They got in two cocktail parties, two one-on-ones and this half of a group date in an hour and a half. Terrible. Yeah, I really, I am sick and tired of these episodes that don't end in one rose ceremony. Let me get my data cleanly. Make it easy for me. That's all I ask. And fire Chris Harrison. (laughs) Whether they know it or not, we're watching like a survivor type game here. We want to see the elimination ceremony at the end of every episode. It is the natural dramatic progression. Just give us that. Instead, we get this after party half of a group date where Bree gets the first one-on-one time and she ITM loads that she's about to tell him what she gave up to be here. She opens this one-on-one conversation with a how you doing? And he says he's just trying to make the right decisions. And she says bear with her because she was waiting for the right time to tell him something. She had to pull a sabbatical. This is a move where a player has to quit their job or leave behind some form of their work in order to appear on the show. We saw a player like Sydney Latuaco in season 23 do this with Colton Underwood. She was a cheerleader for a basketball team. Had to leave that behind to come on here. She used it as a last-ditch Hail Mary to try and stay on, and it did not work out. Here we're seeing Bree do it. She never says what the job is, but... She had to resign, seals this deal with some tears, and says that being here with him makes it feel extremely worth it. He smiles and thanks her for sharing with him. This is all very for TRR and gets that kiss. This sabbatical was one of the strongest sabbaticals I've ever seen played she connected it to her mom being a single mom and how she had to make a lot of sacrifices for her so it's kind of like a hint of a PTC in here um, and that her work wasn't just a job it was like a dream but then says it was all worth it and this play was my play 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 of the game exotic a sabbatical play it is an exotic she doesn't get the group date rose from this but she does get first flower she's able to punctuate it with tears which is very for trr um and i think that this move just absolutely solidified her for hometowns um because she's saying that she made huge sacrifices and she's not by the way, giving him a choice. We've sometimes seen that where players come to The Bachelor and they're like, I don't know, my work says they're going to fire me if I don't leave. But this was very much a like, this is my life. I'm choosing this as a priority. You are my priority. I just thought it was so well done. Bree is is a very good player and I wish we were seeing more screen time of her. Yeah, I agree. I thought this was the strongest sabbatical I've ever seen played. And obviously it's going to work out for her and carry her on through playoffs. But I already gave my play of the game to the lead, Matt James, for his 
uncanny <laughs> ability to just deconstruct and ignore a trap laid by the producers. God damn. I, I say what you will about Matt James. He might be boring, whatever, whatever. He did a high level move tonight. And some strong face play on Serena P's date. That eye popping. The whole season, Matt James is the strongest face player we have had. I think he even beats Anna Redman. Go back and watch that boxing wow. match in the audience. He's the one giving <laughs> you face play. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I probably will have to for some reason, I'm sure. Once we start tabulating punches. After this point, I mean, Anna Redman just didn't make it through enough to do enough face play. After this, Piper gets some one-on-one time, says, I'm falling in love with you and I do want you to meet my family. Love level three. Michelle doesn't play a love level here, but it's like love level adjacent. She says, I didn't think the way I'm feeling now was possible. I'm 100% committed to you. I guess that's LL1. And then we get Abigail with her final appearance in game tonight. She gets some one-on-one time with Matt James at this after party. She tells him they have good conversations, but she wants more time. She says they want the same things. They share similar perspective, and she's really excited about him. She says she started picturing him as her husband, a little precog here, and she wants to know if he can see that possibility with her. She'd rather know now. And he tells her from night one he was drawn to her, but that he was so comfortable in their relationship because of the Fimpros that he started exploring other relationships. And he says his heart is pulling him in a different direction, and he apologizes. She appreciates his honesty, and he walks her out. He says he wishes they had more time, and he puts her in a car. She pulls out tears here. Yep, pulls out tears, and we see her exit speech. For me to lay it all out, and then for him to come back and say he doesn't see it is eating me alive right now. She's constantly the person who makes men realize what they want, but she's never what they want herself. It's a hard pill to swallow. And I don't know that Abigail could have done anything differently here. I mean, she played this well. The fimp just fucked her. I think that was a perfect crown crown contender limo exit speech. You got the tears, extremely strong victimization. I even thought she did a nice move with the precog in her one-on-one time, saying that she sees him as her potential husband. She can see that future with him, but it just, she had no legs to stand on here. That was the correct play. You don't come in hot at this point and be like, why didn't I get a one-on-one? She was just like, very nice. I think we still have a thing together. How are you feeling? And that was it. Poor Abigail is out. And this brings to mind something that we were talking about, the kind of curse of the fimp, that if you get it, You can only stay in that cut for so long and you have to come back out and spur the lead into some kind of an action for you, which she never did. She played it a little too casual. Curse of the cut. Why didn't she get a one-on-one date? I thought for sure Abigail would be getting one. It's very strange. The producers had other plans. Matt comes back to the group, tells him he walked Abigail out, says he's not going to lead anyone on pulls Rachel. Rachel loads love level four. I love Matt. This is the first LL4 invocation we have heard. And they have a little one-on-one time. He asks if her mom will grill him if she's here. And she says, if they see how happy I am, that's all they would care about. I've never felt like this and it's really terrifying, but it's exciting because I've been searching for this my whole life. I feel like I found it and I'm worried 
I'm not going to get it. She pulls out tears here and gets the kiss. And then it's some one-on-one time with Kit Keenan. She's been stressing. This is a very intense process for her, she says, and she's going to tell him the truth. She has things that she will not compromise on, and he needs to know. She wants to finish school. She wants to travel, figure out her career path. She wants a cheerleader in her life who's going to help her through everything and let her grow in her own right. But that means marriage and a family will be pushed longer than the other girls. No kids until she's 25 or 26, which she deems a long-term investment. (laughs) And he tells her he'd never pressure her to do something she didn't want to do. And he thinks about a relationship with her, and she's excited by it. So this ultimatum that she's issuing here actually seems to be working in her favor. He says, yeah, no problem. I'm down with that. I thought it was an interesting move. It seemed like she was trying to get kicked off the show here. And (laughs) later we find out that that might have been the case. She's doing the soft make me leave here. (laughs) Portion number eight begins with Matt James returning to the players. Everybody's feeling good about the group date rows. We cut from ITM to ITM. I think I got a shot. I think I got a shot. James sits down among them. He says it's the hardest rows he's had to hand out because of hometown implications. But there is only one rose. He gives us some very heavy sighing. And then, of course, Rachel Kirkconnell gets that GDR, that big zero pointer. And Kit feels shitty. Her face, she says, is tomato red. And then he takes Rachel outside for a surprise, leaving all of the other players to cry. <laughs> Bree says she feels like she could rip her stomach out. <laughs> I'm like, that's some fucking hardcore misery you're going through. That's an intense feeling to want to rip I mean, your own stomach out. This handing out of this group date rose was the most brutal of these that we've seen all season. Especially because they leave to get extra time. It's like, oh, you didn't know this, but this group date was a play for time. Uh, And they go to a private concert where Aloe Black sings for them. And this is very similar to a private concert after party group date performed by Britt Nielsen in season 19 when Chris Souls took her outside the bar that they were all in to go listen to some disney-owned band <laughs> i don't know who it was. <laughs> but they go to a, pri- a private concert it, no sorry it wasn't even private it was a big concert with a bunch of fucking people in it they go to mm. this whole big concert they dance around in the middle and make out and then they have to come back to this after party and Britt nilson has to be like uh yeah we did a we just went to a concert across the street <laughs> 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 and all the players are and super fucking pissed and yeah Oh, God, that season was fantastic. Go back and watch season 19. Just treat yourself. Rachel ITM loads. Love level four here. Says she's head over heels. He should get on one knee already. They kiss. Bree gives us tears. Michelle gives us tears. Piper gives us tears. Everybody's giving us tears. Nervous breakdowns all around. They are all fucked up that he took her to this private concert, courtesy of the producers. And Kit ITMs. She doesn't know how much longer she can go through this. She's telling us what's about to happen here. A little not-so-subtle foreshadowing. And Rachel gets a kiss as Matt James ITMs that he is excited about what's to come. Kit does a knock-knock. Says, I have to speak to you before the rest of your night. After the one-on-one, I said I saw myself falling in love with you. I never thought I could let my guard down as much as I have. Thought I would have more clarity heading into hometowns, but you deserve someone who is 100% sure of you getting down on one knee tomorrow, and that's not me. 
Matt says you mean a lot to me. I like you a lot. And she, she gets a walk you out where he bear hugs her from behind down the pathway to the car. It is a very interesting move that I've, I don't think I've ever seen before. <laughs> and I thought this was a very interesting move by Kit. You want to say it's an error because she's self-eliminating, but I think she saw the writing on the wall and was like, I'm going to be eliminated at Rose Ceremony. I'm going to make this my own kit show. Yeah, I guess. I don't see what the value is in self-elimination, even if you're doing a kind of implied 4TR or integrity move here. I'm not positive that it is valuable. Not any more valuable than it would have been to see you standing on the risers and going through a final rose ceremony. Mm, getting that victimization. Yeah. This was definitely my... Error, 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 error of the game. Again, I don't know if one is better than the other to stick through the rose ceremony or to just bail here, but he's trying to get her to stay. When he's saying to her, I want you to stay here, that's implying something. That means the producers want her to stay. Why? They've got something planned for you. Stick around and see. Maybe she was meant to go to hometowns and she just fucked herself out of that. She'll never know. She had that chance. I think they want more players eliminated at rose ceremony. I don't think they want it to be this random eliminations throughout. Yeah, it, this was actually very reminiscent of a little season called season 21. You might remember that was <laughs> Nick Vial, of course, as The Bachelor. Jesus he Christ. did something very... What has happened to you, this tone? What has happened to me? We've been do- fucking doing what this for a year and a half. You? I've transformed. I've become <laughs> something else. Vial did something very similar on his round of six where he eliminated all players down to four before the rose ceremony. And so he just handed out four roses to Vanessa Grimaldi, Corinne Olympios, Rachel Lindsay, and of course, Raven Gates. And she already had a rose. So she actually got two during that round of the game. But we've seen things like this before where you get a bunch of benevolent executions and it minimizes the rose ceremony. Yeah. Sean Lowe did that too. Sean Lowe was known for it. They called him the executioner. Kit gets in the car and her exit speech is something along the lines of still having some doubts, scared that she's making a bad decision. We will see you in the sand, Kit. I am sure of that. Portion nine begins. It is the next day. Rachel and Piper discuss being shook by Kit's elimination and we get our one-on-one B, Jacinia. It's day. She gets in the car. And she's driven out to a giant parking lot. She gets out and she's waiting. And a car comes in and does some crazy fucking donuts and peels rubber around this driving course. Then it stops behind this big stack of tires. And when it comes out, Matt James steps out of it. And (laughs) Jacinia, by the way, does no hooju to meet him here. That was a minor error. She had two hooju opportunities, both blown. And Matt James tells her, (laughs) actually, it wasn't me doing those fucking donuts and shit. I got to be honest with you. It was my buddy, Tony Angelo. And this man comes around the corner in sunglasses with a cool hairdo. And this man, (laughs) Tony Angelo, was my... 
Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I couldn't believe that he kept his sunglasses on the whole time. Just. He's a fucking professional drifter. Do you think a professional drifter ever doesn't wear sunglasses? I have no I I don't know any professional drifter facts. I didn't know this was a job. Tony Angelo. What other facts do you need to know? Did you know who Tony Angelo was before this? Yeah, he's a professional drifter. Well, I I can't even tell if you're being sarcastic. <laughs> I don't know. I never knew Tony Angelo until tonight. Oh my god. <laughs> what the hell? It's just so just the keeping them on while you're shooting you're like one segment is is a choice and i can't believe the people filming it didn't make him take them off you try to make tony angelo take off his sunglasses see what happens <laughs> it's not gonna go well for you he'll drift the shit out of you <laughs> i love tony angelo i would love to see him uh in every season as something he doesn't even have to be a professional drifter give him another title I don't care. He did seem fun. This was like the other type of bystander who's just, you know, in the mix, not trying to fuck with anyone. I prefer my drifters to be psychological tormentors like Leah the yogi. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Angelo was too nice, even for a drifter. Uh, So Matt James and Jacinia put on some helmets. They get in a car. She's driving around. She's drifting. Angelo's in the back seat teaching him how to do it. And then Matt James takes the uh his turn behind the wheel and he drives through a bunch of boxes that have a bunch of shit in them and that explode when he goes through it and then tony angelo comes out to survey the damage to the car and he tells him they're both maniacs then he walks away and <laughs> once they're alone jacinia demands that matt james forklift her onto the hood of the car and then they make out initiating a strong chemistry game on the hood of this sports car it's a strong move the uh Requesting a forklift. Demanding. At their night portion, Jacenia says, I haven't had the easiest time at love, but I came for you. My family would all be happy. They will welcome you with open arms. Not what Matt James wants to hear. We know he wants those walls. He wants to be told they're going to be grillers. And... Jasenia, she does a fucking love level three Hail Mary here. I am falling in love with you. It's, I mean, it's all you can do at this point. And we get this ITM of Matt James being like, I like her a lot, but it's missing that compatibility, that love I need to feel. He grabs the rose for the breakup and he keeps gesturing at her with the rose. I've never seen someone milk it that much. He's waving it like a millimeter from her fucking nose just again and yeah. again and again. You know you're really great. Rose and face. Uh, I know you deserve unwavering love and respect. Just for like 10 fucking I'm just minutes. He's going to respect you. He just starts sweeping her face with it. Yeah, he's circles. tickling her and shit. But he can't give her the rose. He can wave it in front of her face for 10 minutes, but he cannot give it to her. It's not easy, but he owes her this honesty. And then he walks her out. And she ITMs that she's blindsided, delivers some tears here. The Grim Reaper appears back in the Nima Common room, and Serena P. lets a smile slip. 
We get a shot of all the women reacting to the Grim Reaper taking away Jacinia's luggage and Piper, Bree, and Rachel all get their faces covered in time. Rachel literally pulls her shirt up over her fucking face. But Serena P just fucking accidentally shoots a smile right into the fucking lens. Jacinia pulls out a bunch of tears here and does a pretty good exit speech. Says that it, it's hurt. She's blindsided. I felt more for him. I deserve love. And she does the thing that Maggie did, like picturing this fake person she could fall in love with. And she says, I know he's there, so just wait. And I love these lines because they are demanding that people start pairing them up with who they want to be in Bachelor in Paradise with. Absolutely. At this point, when you're leaving, if you are somebody like Jacinia, do you believe you have a shot at the crown? Because that's one thing. If not... Shoot straight for paradise. I just need another chance. Somebody's out there for me. I mean, these lines can work for a crown run too. It's that idea of, I will find my person eventually. Don't you want to watch me do it? Portion 11 begins and we are at the next rose ceremony of this episode. My blood is boiling. Before that, we see a sculpture of a heart. And then... A deer silhouetted against the night sky. A classic creature. And this Nemecolin Bambi was my... <laughs> creature of the week. It's a pretty cute creature, even in silhouette. I mean, I didn't get to see its face, but I, I assume mean, it was pretty cute. just elegant. They're just elegant mm-hmm. creatures who go and they dig up mushrooms and they trip balls and pr- prance around. Is that true? I've heard that that's true. They seek out magic mushrooms. <laughs> I had no fucking idea about that. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, congratulations. I hope that deer was high as fuck for this rose ceremony. <laughs> I hope it's a real fact, too. <laughs> Not going to check. So Rachel and Serena P. have roses going into this second rose ceremony of the episode. There are two roses to hand out. Michelle, Bree, and Piper are on the chopping block. One of them will be sent packing, and Matt James emerges to invoke the seriousness of hometowns before he starts handing out roses, and he says, as he always does, that he's following his heart. The rose ceremony begins. First flower, Bree, who is going to have a fucking fantastic rose quotient. She may be the champion of this season so far. DLH emerges to give the final rose dark touch, and uh, the last rose goes to, is it going to be Piper? Is it going to be Michelle? Is it going to be Piper? Is it going to be Michelle? It goes to Michelle. Piper is dismissed. All of my final four are gone. (laughs) Same with me. (laughs) DLH comes out to deliver the Tamsig to Piper, and then Matt James walks her out. He says, I'm sorry. That's it. They get no conversation. She gets in the fucking car and drives away in fifth place. She does a silent treatment. Oh, she was so close to playoffs. And in her exit speech, she delivers us some tears. She says she put herself out there and it was exactly what she thought it was going to be. Disappointment for literally nothing. This is not me, she says. She's not somebody who just blindly follows feelings and emotions. She should have stuck to that. It feels like your entire soul is being stomped on because she was vulnerable and that's the end of this episode. We get next week's promo. Rachel's parents seem to be positioned as the skeptical family, at the very least skeptical. 
At the very least. Oh, God. We would get a skydiving date with Rachel Kirkconnell. Uh, this is a repeat of the Tasha Colton date in season 23. And then we get the tag. Serena P. cracking Michelle's back. And then Michelle does some push-ups to look good for the camera before a toast. And that is it. That's all we get. Just a little... I have a little conspiracy theory on this tag. Is this a little Michelle moment edited in to maybe be like, she could be crowned too? Mm. Maybe. I don't know. We don't know where Katie Thurston's crown stands at the moment. We have received no information that would lead us to believe she is not still going to wear that crown in a couple of months as the next Bachelorette. But who knows how this scandal is going to shake out. We will keep a close eye on it, of course, and be reporting vigilantly. But tonight, the big game, two rose ceremonies, two one-on-ones, half of a group date. Who was your MVP? What I'm going to say is about to be controversial. Hmm. It is not because this player did a bunch of amazing play. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It is because I thought that this person was the least likely to move forward and they were able to pull it out. Serena P was my... M-M-M-M-V-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-
which Matt James seems to be into. Um, I mean, the other nominees I would say would be Brie for that fucking strong sabbatical mm-hmm. and uh, for TRR tier play as well. But And maybe Rachel Kirkconnell. We don't know what she did on the group date. We literally do mm. not know. But she got that group date rose. So I'm assuming something. Whatever it was, it was probably... No more words on this sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you have it. That is... Was this a good podcast? (laughs) The best. I'm delirious. That was episode seven. Pace Case is delirious. And that is our breakdown of the big game this week. Next week, we got playoffs coming up. First round, hometowns. We are expecting to see some big plays out of the four remaining players. Who is going to move to the second round of the playoffs? That's Fantasy Suites, of course, where the chemistry game comes into play more than it ever has. Very curious to see who marches forward. We believe, obviously, Rachel Kirkconnell will be marching to the ring because of the entire debacle that is currently unfolding. What's your order prediction? Kirkconnell wins Bree second place. Michelle third? I think Serena P third. Michelle goes home after hometowns. Mm. That's my prediction. How about you? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Kirkconnell first, Bree second, Michelle Serena P. Okay. Well, we'll see. Now we've only got four players left to make our predictions. Let's see if we can get yeah, one. Some right. of them have to be right. <laughs> we may still have the crown. You know what would shock me would be if Kirkconnell's not ring winner. Absolutely. I would be flummoxed if that's the case. Because they've defended her so strongly. This entire yeah. scandal that is happening now is because they had to defend her to the utmost. Why would they do that if not for her ring win? I don't know because I'm like, you had a Jed Wyatt scandal and the show didn't defend him, but I guess that wasn't so much like a, not as bad. <laughs> but the show created that scandal. The show knew that he had a girlfriend mm-hmm. and allowed him to propose without telling her about it. All that information came out before they shot the finale. The producers knew all of it. And they were How just do you like, know that? Because of the timing of when they were shooting mm. and when it came out in the tabloids and shit. Still waiting for that Jed Talks episode. <laughs> yeah, they did not like that. They uh, ceased and desisted him. At any rate, that has been this week's big game. Thank you for joining us. We will be coming to you this Thursday with a This Week in Bachelor Nation where we're going to be talking about probably some cancel culture. We're definitely going to be talking about Mm -hmm. the gains of all of our players in the beloved game this week. We're going to be talking about Bachelor Nation news, of which there is already a lot. And, of course, we will be doing our screams from the pit. So please join us this Thursday for This Week in Bachelor Nation. We will be breaking down the top parasocial plays as well. Multiple unionization plays. Unbelievable. I know. I can't wait to talk about that. I feel like we are truly seeing some of the stuff that we've long been predicting and asking for. We are seeing these mm-hmm. things happen now. Or manifesting. Uh, I don't know if we're manifesting or if we're just talking about it so much that it becomes true. Is that manifesting? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
whatever the case it's happening and i'm happy to see it and we will be putting out a new patreon episode next monday as well so if you haven't checked out our patreon please go to patreon.com slash game of roses and we've got at this point countless extra podcast episodes videos i throw weird youtube videos in there of bachelor stuff that i find like i just put a funny valentine's day one in there bob guinea did you see that oh no is he laughing uh no he doesn't laugh in it at all it's a contemporary Mm. video he's doing spawn con for a bunch of different products and it has like under 100 views i think so if something like that interests you if you're that (laughs) deep into the (laughs) pit want to be one of those 100 <laughs> you, you can definitely find that a link to that on our patreon as well as all of our other stuff but thank you once again and we will see you thursday but before we go what is that dwab at it has been six thousand nine hundred and three days without an asian bachelor fire lord harrison Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, 
three body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe, unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. 